I really just want to say thank you for doing this and putting Mothers Together out there for everyone. It's been such a huge blessing for me um, to just have this community and to know that there are other women out there that are going through this exact same thing that I'm going through. And like the stuff that we talk about is just, I'm like, yes, like, I don't know anyone else I could talk to about poop, but like, I'm going to talk to you guys about poop. It's just, it's really refreshing to be able to say everything and anything and never feel judged by anyone. I just always just feel constantly supported. So like, this is gold to me. And I just want to say thank you for putting this together and for starting something like this. It's just, it's been crazy incredible um, and has seriously been better than like the six months of therapy I did last year. I just want to thank you because I did not really expect to connect so well with the women in my group and so quickly. And I just feel like I haven't really had a group of friends in a very long time, much less a group of friends that understands a lot of the day-to-day struggles that we have. And I know that's the reason you created this, um, or created Mothers Together is because it's hard to find that connection. And I thought I'd give it a try. And I'm really, really, really grateful that I did because we've all really connected really very well. And I'm very grateful for it. What it means to me, um, everything. Um, before Mothers Together, I was um, alone. I felt alone on an island um, where I, I didn't know who to talk to or where to get answers to questions or even just have a chat. A chat with somebody who understood what it was like to have a neurodiverse kiddo um, and, and what all that means. And now I have that. I found it. It's a community. It's Mothers Together. It's me reaching out anytime I have a question, a thought, um, a quote, a need, um, I need to vent, um, I need help. That it, it's just it wraps up into it means everything to me to have that connection and that support system um, at my fingertips. And I'm so glad that I found Mothers Together. These wonderful moms you just heard from are just a few of the members of Mothers Together, my support group style community for moms raising neurodivergent kids. So you all know how passionate I am about Mothers Together. I remember how very lonely and isolating it was to raise my child, not knowing if anyone else out there was going through a similar experience. What I would have done to send a quick text to a friend who could simply say, I totally relate. You're doing the best you can. You're an amazing mother. So when I launched this community in August of 2021, I set out to provide each and every mom with the exact level of lasting friendships, deep connections, and judgment-free support that she needed. With over 100 members now, the feelings are mutual. What we've gained can only be measured in true validation and close relationships. So what do you get when you join Mothers Together? There are three pieces to the community. Number one, the forum, off of social media with its own app, lets you search by category. Everything from location to age of child to diagnosis to types of schooling and many more to connect right away with moms who might be going through a similar struggle as you. Number two, your support group called the pod squad. That's your home base matched personally by me with other moms and mothers together. You have weekly meetings and check on each other on a regular basis, sometimes every day. When I jump on Marco Polo, the video messaging app, I hear messages between moms such as, how was that doctor's appointment? We're thinking of you. Let us know how the play date went. I'm having a really tough morning. School drop-off was a nightmare. I need to vent. 
Not only do you have your pod squad, but you also have access to the entirety of Mothers Together members, ensuring you can grow your web of support as large as you personally need to. And number three, our monthly guest expert live Q&A, so we can get some professional advice right there on the spot. We've had such amazing guests as Laura Pedix, otherwise known as the OT Butterfly on Instagram, a pediatric neuropsychologist, a therapist, an IEP coach, a life coach, an EFT practitioner, and many more. If you are struggling with the day-to-day grind of motherhood, wondering who in the world understands the challenges of raising a neurodivergent child, Mothers Together is your ticket out of being stuck in your head. Your people are here right now waiting for you. So don't wait. Sign up and join us at ontheharddays.com forward slash mothers together. New pod squads start soon. Hello, my friends. Today in this short episode, I want to talk about sports. Of all things, I want to talk about sports. Um, I want to talk about the pressure, first of all, that society puts on our children, especially boys, but I do think girls as well to participate in sports and what that looks like when you have a neurodivergent child who is not a sports kid. So I'm going to break that down a little bit for you um, in this this short episode and answer your question, what do I do when my neurodivergent kid won't play sports? Now, the quick and obvious answer, I feel like, and, and what you guys are probably thinking right now as you listen to this is, well, if they don't like sports, then they don't play sports. Like, of course, no big deal. At least that's my gut reaction. However, there's there's more to it than that. And I can use my kids as an example, um, especially, you know, Mr. Nine, my neurodivergent kid. Um, first of all, I want to talk about why he does not like sports. He has not verbalized this, so I do a lot of I do a lot of my explaining about him based on conversations I've had with him and my uh, constant overthinking and overanalyzing everything on the planet to help me understand. Um, and I come up with conclusions that feel right, but that doesn't mean they're one hundred percent accurate if he doesn't tell it to me. That being said, he's not a sports kid. Now we have tried many, many sports, especially when he was young. Um, I believe the first one he and Miss Nine tried uh, was soccer. They were, I think, uh, four. I want to say four. Um, It was a no-go. Actually, it was a no-go for both of my kids. Uh, But, and honestly, both of them, they're really not sports kids. Um, But, and so I guess that's a bigger issue. Let's talk about the fact that the pressure is on boys but then uh, not only a boy, but also a neurodivergent boy. Um, So we tried soccer. That was a fail. Uh, It's boring. (laughs) Sorry if you like soccer, but it's boring, Um, especially at that age. And there's a lot of picking flowers and looking at the clouds. But then also this, what I could see clearly as a lack of competitive drive. And over the years, we tried other sports as well. Um, He has tried hockey. He has tried um, baseball, and actually, we tried, like, t-ball, baseball. Uh, It was a fail, but then we came back to it a few years later, and that, to this day, is the only sport he will do. That being said, um, he's he's still not a sports kid. Now, gosh, I feel like there was other sports in there, too, and I'm I'm not thinking of them. We've tried, oh, basketball. We've tried a bunch of things. Sometimes neurodivergent kids are not sports kids because of the gross and fine motor 
typically gross motor skills that are needed. Um, for my kid, that actually was not the issue. So he is physically able. Um, he has, um, and especially now that he has done a little bit of baseball, he has a great throw, he can catch, um, he can bat, um, he can run, he's a nice fast runner. So it's it's not, for him, it's not the skill. I, I know that that is a big issue for some kids. But my son, Mr. Nine, does not have the competitive drive to play a sport, except he's extremely competitive, right? So that makes no sense. To someone who does not have a neurodivergent child, that makes no sense. Oh, he's athletic and he's competitive. Put him in sports. Okay, but he's so competitive, beyond competitive, that the very thought of losing is like a disaster. Board games, any sort of game, is a disaster. It's better now than it used to be. But man, for many years, just we literally could not play a single game. You couldn't play Go Fish without a meltdown if he didn't win. And these were big meltdowns. And you guys know, when I say meltdown, I'm not talking tantrum. I'm talking meltdown. And there's an obvious difference. And probably if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you either have a neurodivergent child or or, um, or a caretaker to one or you know one or whatever. And so you understand that there's this massive difference between tantrum and meltdown. And so he would have massive meltdowns over losing. And so when you apply that to a sport, it's the same feeling. But there's this other piece to it, and that is Mr. Nine's giftedness. He is gifted, you know, from an IQ standpoint, uh, academically, um, you know, he has great spatial awareness, all that stuff. But he's not a gifted athlete at all. And so he, I guess the way I'm trying to understand it is as a gifted person, I am not gifted. I am guessing that as a gifted person, especially a child, when you are so used to being really good at certain things, really good, they come naturally, you don't have to work at them. Um, it's, It's immediate and automatic. The thought of participating in something where you're you have to work hard to um, to succeed at that thing probably feels very daunting because if your only um, measuring tool for success is when things come quickly and easily and that's what you think success is, then naturally when you do something that you have to work really hard at that does not come naturally, that feels like failure. I'm not saying it actually is failure. It's obviously not a failure, but he thinks it is. I have been trying to wrap my brain around what gifted children think about doing hard things. And I'm still trying to understand it, to be honest. But I I, I get the feeling that it's it's not that it's just hard. It's not about laziness. It's It's nothing like that. It's it probably feels like this massive mountain that you couldn't possibly climb because success equals simple 
things that come easy. And if it doesn't come easy, then you're not going to do it. So there's that piece of it, right? Sports and uh, athletics do not, while he has some basic natural ability, he is definitely not a gifted athlete. And so I guess, why do things you're not gifted in? The third piece of the puzzle for him is that, and this is probably maybe the biggest one of all, he would be massively embarrassed if he messed up, if he, if he would missed a goal, if he missed the shot, if he struck out, if he didn't catch the ball, whatever it is, especially for a team sport, you're technically letting other people down and letting your peers down in a public space is beyond mortifying. And honestly, as I talk this out, that makes me not want to do any sports either. I mean, you you don't want to let anybody down. I guess maybe some people find that motivating, like, oh, I messed up, but I'm going to do hard, you know, um, try harder next time. Like, no, no, this is crawl under a hole and die because you missed the shot and other people said, oh, Mr. Nine, like, but that's it. That's all. That's all it takes. Now, that hasn't actually happened to him, but I do believe that Mr. Nine um, often has struggled with um, rejection sensitivity dysphoria, which I actually think I, like, I get it. Like that makes sense to me. So I wonder if I've struggled with that too. But, but the idea that just like, everyone's going to hate me. Everyone is going to look at me weird. Everyone is going to think I'm a terrible person all because you missed the shot. And that's obviously not what happens in, in a basketball game, but that's where his brain goes. So team sports, especially are a giant no. And I guess that goes for team activities. This is going to come up again and again as he gets older um, and participates in um, like field day, for example. I don't know if your schools have field day, but when I was a kid, uh, field day, you know, has all these um, games and activities that you do with your classmates and you make a whole day of it and you rotate stations. Um, But that anything involving a team, I wonder if this is partly why some gifted children like to work alone. Not only because it's hard when your ideas are getting, I don't know, lumped in with everyone else's ideas and you really think that yours are the best, but also this feeling that you now have to sort of be responsible for other people and their ideas and thoughts. And um, that just does not work. So with all of that said, Mr. Nine is not a sports kid. We have, like I said, we have gotten him back into baseball But his happy place, and this is, I'm just going to go ahead and say this right out because you guys are not judgmental at all. And I know that, which is why you're my people. His happy place is in front of a screen. That's another podcast episode for another day. This is supposed to be a short one, but that is his happy place. So I I kind of gently, (laughs) gently sort of guide him into baseball because he doesn't hate it and he does have some talent there. Um, And... I don't know. The day that he really, really pushes back, well, that will be it. He pushed back big time on the other sports. Now, I also want to take a minute to say, you know, why do our children have to play sports in the first place? I hate that concept of of 
as if sports are the end-all be-all. I mean, there's art activities and cooking classes and uh, music and, and all of that is very valuable and I fully believe in all of it. I was uh, a band kid from elementary school all the way up um, and I was in chorus as well. So music is my jam. Um, I guess for me as the parent, there's this extra piece of I don't know if it's guilt that my children should be moving their bodies, especially outside. And my children don't like to move their bodies. And to be honest, neither do I. <laughs> I don't like to move my body. Now, I did play sports as a kid. I played uh, softball and, and basketball, um, and I really enjoyed them. But all in all, I'm an indoor cat, and I like to consider myself that way. I just... Give me a, a coloring sheet, an adult coloring book, and some fresh markers and a cozy blanket, and I'm good. And Mr. Nine is the same way. So there's this concern and this guilt, like, oh, he's supposed to be exercising. All my kids, they're supposed to be moving their bodies. They need to be, they need to be moving. It's good for their health. It is good for their physical health. But for their mental health, it's a real pain in the butt to get them out the door to an activity. Um and moving their bodies. So I don't have the best answer, which is actually exactly why I chose to talk about this, because I'm not an expert in any of these topics that come up um, in these Thursday episodes. But that's the point. I want to tell you my experience and what I'm struggling with and where my brain goes so that you feel validated if your brain is in the same spot. So here's where I am. On the one hand, I know that my children need to move their bodies. They need to exercise. They do. And so do I. Like, we all do. I do not care if they don't want to play a team sport. But it seems like sports are the best way to get them to move their bodies. Now, you know, maybe hiking or something, but that's like family oriented. <laughs> and family time, gosh, why would I do that? No, I... I I don't know. I, I don't feel like I can commit to weekly hiking at this point. That's kind of pathetic to say, but I just don't. And I'm not really a hiking person anyway, to be honest. There's a stigma there. So on the one hand, my kids need to be moving their bodies. On the other hand, they don't like sports. Now I say that mostly. Mr. Six is in hockey. He doesn't love it, but he is not neurodivergent in the way that Mr. Nine is. Um, his His beast is classic ADHD. Um, but otherwise he's pretty good to go. And so he just keeps going, even though he doesn't love it. Miss nine, she is an art and music girl. Um, and she loves art. She would love an art class. She loves to bake. Um, she would love a cooking class. She was doing gymnastics, but that fizzled out through COVID. She's trying horseback riding now, but that's just once a week. She loves it, though. She loves caretaking. She loves to take care of the horse. Um, and she's going to try winter basketball this year. So we'll see how that goes. I don't need my kids to be overscheduled. In fact, I know they shouldn't be, and I'm fine with that. We're all homebodies in this house. But I also feel this pull to have them doing something especially with their bodies. So I guess what I want to say to you is if you have a neurodivergent child who is not a sports kid and you feel 
pushed and pulled in different directions about that, then you're not alone. Because you probably have family or friends, extended family. They may say things, especially if you have a boy, um, which is just a ridiculous old stereotype that I can't even believe we're still talking about. But they may say, oh, you're in fourth grade. What sports do you play? As if that's all there is to do. What about what musical instrument do you play? What about what is your favorite um, genre of book to read? But here we are. The question is, what sports do you play? And there's supposed to be an answer. And so as you, as the parent, you feel that pressure because on the one hand, you're, you, you want to advocate for your kid. Look, my kid is just not a sports kid. On the other hand, you feel pulled to have your kid be quote unquote um, typical and, and a sports kid because that's supposedly what kids are. We recently had a soccer tournament in town. And like I said, my kids don't play soccer, but literally like three quarters of the town turned out for this tournament. It's like, does every kid in this town play soccer? And my next question is, does every kid in this town who plays soccer like it? Why are we doing, why are we pushing this sports culture? And maybe they do. I don't know. But my neurodivergent kid really doesn't. And honestly, none of my kids do. And that's okay. I will make peace with it. I do need them to move their bodies. So I do need to come up with some other ways that they can do that. Um, because it is just this desperation for a screen. And that doesn't mean they always get it, but that's, if they're not, it's Pokemon now. It was Minecraft for the longest time, but Pokemon is the current obsession. So if they're not watching it, they're playing it and that's fine, but they got to move their bodies. So I need to wrap my brain around how I want to handle this in the future, but I wanted to do a quick episode to tell you that you're not alone in this push and pull of what to put your kids in especially a neurodivergent kid, you don't want it to be too much. You don't want it to produce meltdowns, but you also want your child to fit in. And that is a normal way for our brains to to think. Um, It's a tough one. No easy answer, but I'm here with you. And with that being said, anytime you know you can reach out to me, there are many ways to do this. You can uh, DM me on Instagram at ontheharddays with thoughts in between each word. You can email me at ontheharddays at gmail. Um, those are probably the two best ways to find me, but I'm also on TikTok at On The Hard Days now. I'm like a cool TikTok kid, except not at all. Um, and I would love to hear your thoughts. You can share your thoughts on sports, share your thoughts on any other topics or questions you'd like me to address in a Thursday short episode, um, or just want to share what's on your mind and um, your life with a neurodivergent child. I am all ears. I am here for you. Um, And thank you so, so much for listening. If you know a mom specifically who you think would benefit from hearing about this specific episode about kids and sports, please share this link with them. Um, That is the best way to sort of get the word out about the podcast is just to uh, word of mouth, just to send it on to other people that you think would like to hear it. All right. Have a great day. May it be meltdown free, fingers crossed. And I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening today. If you would like to talk with me personally, where we can chat and just get to know each other like old friends, I would love to do a discovery call with you. Go to my website, ontheharddays.com, and click on Schedule a Call. And if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, please do so so that you get the latest when they roll out. Not to mention, please leave a review if you feel like this episode spoke to you. That way, the podcast will be shown to more mothers. 
And finally, you can find me on Instagram at on the hard days with dots in between each word or in my free Facebook community on the hard days podcast and community. If you are feeling isolated in your parenting journey, I encourage you to reach out through any of these means so that I can connect you with your people and support you in whatever way you need.